0: Greatest country in the world, and it is worth fighting for! It is worth playing for! And if it takes it, it's worth dying for. For the greatest
1: country that this world has ever seen. What
0: up, what up, what up? What's going on, everybody, and welcome to Monday's edition of the Dear America podcast. I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend uh and uh sorry about taking friday off uh like i said we're out here in texas for a little bit uh and it's just taking a little bit of time to get the studio moving around uh zach's gonna be coming out here at some point and uh anyway so we're just we're working on some things right now and i and i'm excited about it and and i think it's gonna be really cool huge 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 news today in fact. Honestly, I don't know if by the time you hear this, I don't know if uh, it's going to be official or not, but basically, the breaking news story today is this. Twitter is set to accept Elon Musk bid to buy Twitter. Now, it's not official yet. All the signs are pointing to this actually is going to happen. who knows by the time you listen to this, it may be official and I may do another episode talking about him buying it. But right now it looks as though it's, it's a done deal, uh, it is, is what it looks like. Every major news outlet is reporting on it. And so I figured I would talk about what does it actually mean? I had so many people write out to me and, and just ask Graham, you know, what does it mean if Elon Musk actually buys Twitter? so i figured that i would talk about that um so that's what we're going to do we're we're going to talk about it um but before we do all that stuff i've got some other things i want to share with you guys so i don't know if this is going to be a two-parter or if it's just going to be a really long episode we'll figure it out depends on how long i feel like talking today i'm still running solo so anyway all right before we get into all the craziness let's get into a sponsor all right guys listen up i've got some inside information on the meat industry we could be seeing a huge spike in meat prices soon because of the price of wheat and corn no i've not confused beef with grains i'm from mississippi i know the difference trust me the truth is more than half the cost of a cow is in the food it eats so when grain and corn go up guess what So does your steak. Wheat prices have hit an all-time high of $12.09 a bushel. You may not know what a bushel is, but if wheat costs that much, imagine how much a steak will Don't lose out on your favorite cuts. You can secure a fair and affordable price with Good Ranchers on all your meats. They deliver 100% American meat straight to your door, and when you subscribe with them, they lock in your price. That's right. As long as you're a subscriber, it doesn't matter how much meat goes up. Your price is locked in forever. All you got to do is go to GoodRanchers.com slash Graham and use my code Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, for $30 off, plus your lock-in for life if you subscribe today. Again, all you got to do is go to www.GoodRanchers.com slash Graham and enter my promo code Graham for $30 off and... If you subscribe, it will lock your price in, no matter how much Biden tries to screw the economy up. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash graham today. All right. So first of all, I wanted to uh, give you guys some insightful things today. Uh, I think I think the Monday services or the Monday services. I think the Monday episodes. I, I want to talk to you about some things that I picked up in church. Uh, the day before. And, and, you know, I realized not everybody on this show is a Christian and that's okay. I mean, it really is. It's all right, but I am, and this is my show. So we're going to talk about some things. Uh, first of all, uh, we're in the series at the church here that I'm at right now, and it's called the house Fort Worth. So if you're in the Texas area, you really need to check out this church. Uh, they're doing a lot of awesome things here. Uh, they're in this series called the fight for family, which I absolutely love in every aspect, uh, because I believe uh, I've told you guys as I've walked you through this journey that I'm on internally, etc. you know, I am an America first Patriot. I love America, but I realize now that my priorities got skewed just a bit and And what I mean by that is there is no America without God. There is no America without Jesus. There is no America without uh the divine hand of God uh uh helping our forefathers uh create America. So uh, I've really moved through this God first America next, mentality. um and so I want to share with you a couple things. The attack on our family has never been more apparent, okay? churches. I think it's absolutely vital that churches start talking about this fighting for the family and some really interesting points here were, were made in the service that I got to give uh, pastor Micah Berto a lot of credit. Again, if you're not following Micah, you should do so. He was talking about that. You know, <laughs> family is so important because once God created man, then what did he do? Bam. Married. Right. Family. Boom. I mean, it's that important. It's so important. It was literally <laughs> one of the first things he did after he created man and woman together. Bam. Join in family, your family. Boom. Right there. It is the de facto most most important thing in our country outside of putting God first and everything that we do. You look at fatherlessness. You look at uh, incarceration rates. um, you look at drug use, suicide attempts, all this stuff. It all revolves around the family unit and, and what's going on in the home. I was, I'm watching this documentary cause I'm a true uh, crime junkie and I'm watching this documentary uh, about this guy who had like 10 personalities. And so even though he did physically commit the acts It was like this revolutionary case because he had 10 personalities and they were saying that the only way, like the de facto only way for a multiple personality to exist is huge trauma as a child. So it's always been just so amazing to me how affected we become by our childhood. And, and, and that goes down to the parents, man. Um, one of my favorite rock bands name is Gemini syndrome. And, uh, they're not a Christian band, but, but you know, they're they're a good rock band. I, you know, I like, I like music. And so, um, I actually had an opportunity to meet them when they first started out. And if you're not a hard rock fan, don't listen to them. But either way, uh, Aaron Nordstrom is the guy's name and he's not a Christian. He's more of a, Elements, like he believes in the elements and stuff like that. And so we've had some pretty interesting conversations. Uh, but one of the things was one of my favorite songs is called Basement. And you know, I got to talk to him one day. And, you know, here's a guy. He's made it, man. Like, you know, he, he's, he's a rock star. He's, he's on the big stages. He's touring the country. He's touring the world. He's doing his thing. And I was like, man, you know, it's one of my favorite songs. And he said, well, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. You know, that song is about, you know, my dad leaving. I was like, it just kind of hit me, you know, wow, like, you know, like, man, this, this is a guy that's made it like, like, this is his dream and he's doing it, but yet still the songs that he writes, the feelings that he feels. And honestly, the things that people connect with are the hurt that he felt, uh, from his family, not making it and not surviving through it. And so it's really powerful stuff. In fact, if you look at everything that you're seeing right now, every degradation, every every uh, letdown that we're seeing in society, if you see all of these things that are happening, you can trace it all back to the family, into the nuclear family, the breakdown of the nuclear family, the attack of the Christian nuclear family, the attack of the families from society, from culture, etc. And so I wanted to share with you a couple uh, tidbits from uh, Micah's sermon yesterday that that I thought were really good and I wanted to share with you. Okay, so one point that I thought was really good and it it really hit me is this. Many will pray for our nation to get healthy before we pray for our own families to get healthy. And I'm guilty of this, man. I really am. I have this show. I, I have a you know, a career in politics and stuff. And and all we do is talk about saving the country and this and that. I mean, literally after all of this and we go to our first sponsor, we're going to talk about the whole Twitter thing. I mean, we, we focus so much on how to get our country back on track, but we look at it through people and we look at it through Donald Trump, or we look at it through Ron DeSantis or Lauren, Lauren Boebert or uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene or uh, Christy Noem or Ted Cruz, and the list goes on and on and on. And if you're a Democrat, you don't look at any of those people and you look at people like AOC and Nancy Pelosi and, you know, ugh, the list goes on and on. But it's remarkable to me that we will pray for our nation before we pray for our own family. Because the truth of the matter is there is no country without families because the families are what keep the country going and you can't begin healing from the outside in. See, politics and stuff, that's the outside stuff. Very relevant and absolutely has to be talked about and managed and paid attention to but that's still the outside. That's the, you know, if you're looking at the human body, like, like, like that's the epidermis of the situation, right? Like your skin, you know, for those of you who don't know what epidermis is, um, but it, it's inside it's the stuff inside that actually matters, right? Like, like most of the time, if you uh, cut your hand or things like that, you know, oh, it hurts a little bit, but it'll heal things like that. But if something internally is wrong with you, it doesn't matter how healthy you look on the outside or how good you look on the outside. If something internally is wrong, then something is wrong. Healing doesn't begin on the outside in, it begins on the inside out. And we oftentimes get caught up in what's going on externally instead of what's going on internally we more oftentimes, and yes, I realize I'm talking to myself. My literal job is talking about all this stuff and I understand it. So me, especially I have to take accountability for the fact of I can talk about everything and anything that's going on in the world. But if I don't have my own house in order, then none of it matters. So I thought that was really powerful. I talk a lot about business and I talk a lot about uh, to the men out there and to the ladies, there's a lot of ladies out there that, that, that have businesses and are entrepreneurs and stuff like that. Um, but being a business owner and an entrepreneur, uh, anybody that does those things, you know this. We, we get tunnel vision, right? And so one, one point that I took away was don't give your business, your coworkers, or your employees your best energy and the best version of yourself and leave nothing for your family. All right, I mean, we've all been here. We've all done it. We all had dads or moms that did it, mostly dads. You know, dad comes home. uh, I didn't do this. You know, I'm not the biggest drinker. Uh, But, you know, dad comes home, long day of work. First thing dad does, kisses mom, you know, potentially kicks his work boots off, sits in the recliner, pops a beer open. And I don't know, turns on the TV for a minute, right? Dad's been working all day, et cetera. And dads, if you're listening to this or ladies, if you got a husband that's this, I'm not saying this is bad at all. Okay. My kids, when my kids get out of school, we give them an hour. So the second they get home from school, they got an hour. They can do whatever they want to do, but it's got to be outside. (laughs) <laughs> and or it has to be with like their friends in the neighborhood, right? Like, no, you're not getting all the electronics and all that other kind of stuff right now. No, but you can do whatever you want for an hour, man. Just have at it, whole hour. Then you got homework to do, right? <laughs> but, but, but I do get it, right? There's that reset, all right? And, and I do, I do believe that that is important. And I think one thing that we, do a terrible job at as just people in general is figuring out resets. This phone of mine, uh, causes me so much trouble because I should go to bed probably two to three hours earlier every night than I do. But because of my job and what I do, I just get so sucked into paying attention to the things uh, that are going on especially before film days right before film days are like man i gotta find stuff to talk about i gotta t- i gotta find stuff to to entertain people with and then i don't get rest and then i get up at the same time every morning to go to the gym and do the normal routines but i'm not doing what i need to do anyway back to the point There's nothing wrong with that. Moms or dads, you know, you come home and you need, you need a, you need a reset real quick. Hey, it was a long day. Got it. I understand. Okay. Trust me. I get it. All work days are not created equal and that's okay. But what I'm saying to you is make sure that the best version of yourself is not going to your job instead of your family your spouse, and your children. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Men out there, don't let wives set the standard of spirituality in your house. Ooh, I'm up in somebody's business now. Men, it is our job to be not only the leaders, the financial providers, and the protectors of our home, it's our job to be the spiritual leaders in our home. Do not forget it. Stop letting the women Take up your mantle and pick up your slack. And then I thought this was really good. Uh, Don't let culture raise our kids, right? So that's a big one right now. We've got Disney. We've got Netflix. We've got libs of TikTok. We've got these, you know, teachers wanting to teach um, three and four-year-olds gender identity and sexual orientations. Like, we're so, I mean... This is this is the tale of time right here. Tale as old as time. Tale as old as time. Anyway, um, is uh, culture affecting our kids, right? But the biggest thing when that hit me was we're so focused on culture not affecting our kids, but we're not paying attention to the fact is, is culture affecting us? Ah, culture's not affecting me, Graham. Are you sure? Are you sure that you're not so just inundated with information and all this stuff all the time about every stupid thing that's going on and every crazy thing that's going on always that you're starting to let the culture, whatever culture you associate with, right? Is it affecting you? Is it affecting what you do? One thing that I had to realize, I'm going to go really deep with you here for a minute, because I know that there are some people that didn't like the new Batman movie. And some of you are like, wow, that just took a really weird turn. But go with me for a minute, okay? I'm talking about culture affecting us, okay? But go with me here. One of the things I loved about the new Batman movie was it had a true hero's journey, hero's arc in it, okay? And it starts off with, this is like year two for Batman, and he's vengeance, right? Like, he's vengeance. Like, that's all he knows to do is to be vengeance. Vengeance, 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 vengeance. Just beating up everybody, man. And at the very end of it, at the very end, he stops uh, the plan. For those of you who hadn't seen it, uh, you know what? No. It, sorry, it's too late. He stops the Riddler's plan, and and part of the Riddler's plan was he got a bunch of other people to dress up as the Riddler and Batman had to fight all of them and stop all of them from shooting people and stuff like that. And there's this part where, uh, he takes out one of them and he beats him up and Jim Gordon comes up and he unmasks the person. And it's not the Riddler cause Riddler's in jail. These are all like the, 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 the cult members that were part of the Riddler's cult or whatever. and, Uh, Jim Gordon asked the guy, who are you? And the guy says, I'm vengeance. And it's a really powerful scene because Batman hears what he says and he turns and he looks at him just mortified. Because in that moment, he realizes that what he's been doing and the way he's been doing it isn't inspiring change and hope like he really wanted. It's actually inspiring a bunch of people that are now doing it the wrong way <laughs> and now taking it too far the other direction. So I say all that to say that even myself, you know i I found that sometimes when you fight the battle, you can realize you're fighting it the wrong way. And what it ends up doing is it ends up putting you in a place where the outcomes or the consequences of the actions you were taking, even though you you meant for them to be in a good place, maybe are not creating the type of results that you thought, which means that you need to change what you're doing. So I'm sorry I got off on a little tangent there, but I thought it was relevant. So anyway, so those are the service notes from Sunday. So I think I'm gonna start doing that. I think I'm gonna start, you know, on Monday morning. I'm want to start talking about some of the things I took away uh, from service the day before. Anyway, all right, lots to talk about. Before we do that, let's get into a sponsor. All right, let me tell you about Birch Gold, the global upheaval caused by Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the crippling sanctions on Russian trade are showing to have massive, and I mean massive, ripple effects across the world, including right here in the U.S. And it's not just at the gas pump. Food prices are soaring right now. To quote President Biden, with regards to food shortages, it's going to be real. Wow. You write. He should write poetry at this point. Friends, he should. inflation continues to skyrocket as the dollar becomes worth less every single day. Transition some of your nest egg to something of actual worth: gold and silver from Birch gold that's right birch gold will help you convert an ira or 401k into a tax sheltered account in gold and silver get started now text the word graham that's g-r-a-h-a-m to 989898. with thousands of satisfied customers and an a-plus rating with the better business bureau birch gold can help you protect your savings so what are you waiting on The answer is absolutely nothing. It's free. So text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold. Again, there is no obligation to get this info. So go right now and text the word Graham to 989898 now. All right. So talking about the downgrade of society, New York Post is reporting this, and the title of it says, I hate looking after ill people, so I'm removing in sickness from my wedding vows. Let's see. Uh, The the article says, along with the big white dress and booze-up friends, the most important part of any wedding is to see two people commit to each other for the rest of their lives, although plenty of couples opt for personal vows to express their love. The most important moment of any ceremony is arguably the bit where they declare to look after one another in sickness and in health. But one bride-to-be has caused uproar online after she explains she wants to be removed from this. She wants to remove this important line from her big day. She explains, this is harsh, but I hate taking care of sick people. My siblings and I were always fe- were taking care oh sorry. My siblings and I were always taking care of our parents whenever they got sick, and I just hate it. I'm sick of it and I hate feeling bound or obligated to take care of someone. My life is full of moments and events like this, and I just finally want to live my life to the fullest. Ahead of the wedding, the couple have been discussing their vows and her husband to be is opting for the traditional Christian lines, but after she after she suggested the health and happiness swap, the woman says her fiance is now reconsidering if he wants to marry her at all. She continued, my fiance says that he will not accept this and he is very mad at me. He is even rethinking the whole thing. I just don't want to feel obligated to take care of anybody sick for years of my own and only life. It's so stressful. Here's the thing. Here's the worst part. It's just a marriage vow. And I have the choice to change it. Uh, no, you don't, chick. No, you don't. No, no, you don't. This is this is this is what's called selfishness. You're selfish. Uh, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Um, I'm not marrying somebody to love and hold uh, you know, to through sickness and in health till death do us part, right? Like (laughs) to have and to hold, sorry, uh, through sickness and in health for richer or poor till death do us part. I probably got them out of order, but those are the basic sentiments, right? Those are put in there for a reason. And the reason is marriage has a lot of ups and downs for richer or poor, man. Tell me about it. Me and Elizabeth been broke, 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 broke. We've made a little bit of money, then broke again, <clears throat> then we made a lot of money, and you know now we're now we're stable, but that's not to say that we won't be broke again through sickness and in health, man, I have been sick as a dog in the past thirteen years, uh especially with the kids man kids are walking petri dishes of disease uh coming into the house, and then alyssa's been sick a lot too and and you know alyssa's had a couple uh surgeries um anyway that's kind of the whole point of marriage marriage is to find marriage is not i mean it is let me try to be clear here marriage is about finding somebody who makes you happy but happiness is a feeling that comes and goes the end love is a feeling that comes and goes I think I've told this a lot. In fact, I'm pretty sure, but it's so important. I'm going to say it again. During my Alyssa's first year of marriage, we went to this marriage conference and it was this super old couple up there. They've been married for 50 years, <laughs> 50 years. They've been married, not alive, married. Okay. They were like 25 when they got married either way. And then, and they were dating like six years before that. Anyway, point is They said flat out in front of everybody, we've fallen in and out of love about a thousand times throughout 50 years because love is a feeling. There are days where you don't love each other. That's just the end. That's the way it is. It's the commitment of it all that gets you through those moments where you just ain't feeling it at the time, right? There's nothing fun about if somebody gets sick, but but here's the biggest thing. <clears throat> Why would anybody marry somebody if they don't feel secure for the fact that if they get sick you're not going to help them? I mean, they might as well live by themselves. If that's the point, you know, if if I get cancer, God forbid, you know, I uh, <laughs> it's probably my biggest fear ever is is getting cancer. But either way, if I get cancer, you know, I know that Alyssa, you know, hopefully I'm really old by that point, and my children, <laughs> um, uh, I know that I'm going to have people to help me and to be with me. If, if even just to sit in proximity of where I am, just so I know that I'm not alone. That is such a valuable and precious thing to know that we, and, and that comfort and that, uh, security in knowing that and this right here to remove that just proves that you ain't really in this thing. Not really. And so therefore, yes, the dude should not marry you, uh, because you obviously aren't, aren't worth marrying. Sorry. That's nothing against you as, It's like, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not saying that you're not worthy of love. I'm saying you ain't mature enough for it right now. And that dude deserves better than that. And, and so, and, and, and vice versa, if a dude was trying to do that, I'd say the same thing, but that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life anyway. But that's where we are as a society. All right, moving on. This is an article I saw. New York times go Figure. And this is now attacking churches, which remember I told you it was only a matter of time before people started coming after the church. But here we go. Listen to this. Evangelical churches have long been powerful vehicles for influence on the American right. Well, yeah, because we're Christians. Either way, now some of those churches have embraced a new cause promoting Donald Trump's false claim that the 2020 election was stolen. Now, I don't know how much of this is going to let me read. I don't have a New York Times subscription. So let's just see how far it'll let me go. Some evangelical pastors are hosting events dedicated to Trump's election falsehoods and promoting the cause for their congregations. Uh, let's see. Eliminated. Uh, this is Colorado Springs Church. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to turn the pulpit over to guest speaker. Oh, okay. So this is a church that had a guest speaker, an evangelical commentator and one-time Republican congressional candidate comes on there and starts talking about his book, Socialism: The Real History from Plato to Present, how the deep state capitalizes on crisis to consolidate control. I believe that God is pushing the world to a decision-making moment. I agree. Uh this dude says, uh we used to have national politicians that held back the floodgates. Uh, the umbrella's been ripped after January 6th, and now it's raining down upon every one of us. I also agree with that. We had politicians that were supposed to certify that, and instead of, they just accepted it. And lo and behold, an anti-Christian spirit's been released across the country and the world. And I don't disagree with any of those things. <laughs> I don't disagree with any of it. And this is exactly what I was talking about. It's only a matter of time before all these big media outlets are going to start coming after churches. Why have they left churches alone? Because churches have been weak. They have had no backbones and they have not stood up for what they know to be right. Uh, where it comes from the indoctrination of our children, where it comes from the right, uh, uh, to protect the lives of the unborn, uh, when it comes to the LGBTQ, uh, community when it comes to all of it the church has cowered down time and time and time again and yes i've said this once i will say it again you know david and goliath is one of my favorite stories because david wasn't the first choice he was the backup first guy didn't do what he's supposed to do and then David got called up right and so here's what i believe i truly believe that in 2020 this is what i believe sorry this might be Graham Allen's crazy moment. You might think I'm insane, but this is what I believe. I believe in 2020 churches had an opportunity, man, to show the world that they are more than just talk. That we actually believe what we claim to believe and we do not live in fear because the Bible says not to do that. But we didn't. 99.8 percent of churches cowered down and did exactly what big daddy government told them to do. And they allowed fear to creep in over faith. And anytime you allow fear over faith, you're done. It's over. (laughs) You can have faith with fear. (laughs) Of course you can. Uh, but you're choosing the faith in spite of the fear. When you have fear over faith, You're saying that you got faith up to a certain point. Anyway, I believe the church had a moment there and they missed it. And so I do. I personally believe that God is calling people up now that God's like, okay, all right, fine. You don't want to do it. I'm going to call these people to do it. And nobody's going to expect it. And they're going to be the least likely looking people that you've ever seen. But they are going to bring the boom down. And I do. I believe that. And so. Um, this is just one of millions of attacks that are coming because churches are starting to wake up and they're starting to wake up because either new pastors are coming along or pastors are finally, finally paying attention to what's going on and listening to people saying, Hey, we're losing this thing. And I do, I believe a whole new generations of pastors are going to be uh, brought up and are going to be, are going to be championed to go out and fight the horrific battle that we have left to fight. Okay. All right. Gotten off on a tangent again. Okay. Up next, Elon Musk, Twitter. What does it actually mean? So breaking as of two minutes ago, uh, it says Twitter is expected to accept Elon uh, Elon Musk offer to buy the company. Okay, like I said, by the time you listen to this, it, it may be a done deal. So again, it's not a hundred percent done yet, but 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 it's looking good. And, and so, what I wanted to touch on really quick is I wanted to bring some some rational things. Okay, I I do agree with this person's thing. Uh, She says, uh, if Twitter accepts Elon Musk bid, it will be the greatest victory for free speech of the 21st century. I agree. Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. Uh, Twitter, and yes, if Elon Musk does what he says he's going to do. Yes, I agree with you. I've said it a long time. I don't think America is out yet. I don't think America's dead yet. Um, I don't think that free speech in terms of other countries, too. I, I don't think that it should just be America, too. I'm a free speech everywhere. There is a chance here that one of the major social media superpowers could go back to free speech. But I want to, you know, a lot of people are like, well, what does that mean? Uh, Elon Musk. And so, so I figured I would talk to you guys about it a little bit. Uh, first and foremost. Any massive, gigantic changes will not be any time immediately. Okay, that's just that's just not real. <laughs> it's just it's just not the way it is. If Elon Musk buys Twitter, first of all, you gotta th- you gotta think. Okay, Elon just because he buys it doesn't mean that he has new infrastructures in place. Does it means doesn't mean that he has new Oversight, and regulation, boards, and authorities in place day one. It doesn't mean that the terms of service are redesigned and re or and then incorporated day one. It doesn't mean that every single person, including Donald Trump's accounts, are reestablished day one. It doesn't mean that the algorithms are gotten rid of and actual your tweets go to the people that are following you on Twitter day one. It it just doesn't mean those things. It's not how quickly things like this work. Now, Elon Musk is a very resourceful guy. Um, Is it possible that he's able to make some things work pretty quickly? Yeah, possibly. I believe that that's that's maybe a possibility. I have never lived in a world where Twitter is not this algorithm-based conservative hating cesspool. So Twitter's always been like my third thing that I do, you know, paying attention to. So it will be interesting to see if that changes. Uh, But you also got to remember, there's a lot of current Twitter employees that are going to walk the second that Elon Musk uh, takes over the company. So the company is going to have to be rebuilt. And so it could be that Twitter experiences a lot of uh, growing pains first before anything else. And then, you know, Elon Musk is going to be able to put free speech back, but it's still got to live within the rules and guidelines that the app stores have. So Twitter still, even though Elon Musk can do a lot, Twitter will still have to abide by the Apple store, the Google marketplace or whatever it is for Android users that you all need Jesus and be saved either way there's just a lot more to it than that and so so the biggest thing that i i don't want people to do is just get so excited about this that you think that tomorrow if 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 elon musk if the deal becomes final today tomorrow the whole world is fixed no no that's not that's not happening it's not true that's not what's going to go down however if elon musk stays true to what he says and he meant what he said, and he does what he says he was going to do. Then this has the potential to be a world-changing moment. And he's also very smart. By taking it back private, he removes the ability of other billionaires to come in and do what he just did. (laughs) Okay? If he kept the company public, then Bezos and Gates and all these other people could team up together and buy it back from it. So to buy it and immediately take it private, I think is a genius move. It keeps it his, and it keeps it um, from outside influence to be um, done. Uh, I will say, be careful. I mean, people are people, so you know, let's not let's not put Elon Musk on a pedestal that should not be there yet again. Like I said. So far, so good. Elon Musk is doing what he said he was going to do. But let's see the thing through before we just pop champagne everywhere. However, I will say that today, if it becomes official today, and by, by the time you hear this, it may be. As of this morning, right now, reports are showing like it's going to happen, but there has been no official announcement yet. But things are looking really good that Twitter is fixing to belong to, belong, belong to Elon Musk. And that, in and of itself, is something for people to sit back and go, wow, maybe, just maybe, we're not out of this fight yet. That's all we have for this episode of the Dear America podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Do me a favor. Share this podcast with your friends with your story in your instagram account your facebook whatever send it to people in text messages give us a rating give us five stars it helps us out in the polls thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and we'll see you all again next time